Welcome to Joy Sounds, music you need to know, presenting the brightest emerging and breaking artists. This podcast is about who's next and who you will want to follow. And who knows, you might discover your next favorite artist. Here's your host, Chris Sampson. Thank you, and it's great to have you back for another episode of Joy Sounds. We all know that music plays a critical role in filmmaking. Without the right music, that chase scene, love scene, action scene, or horror scene can fall flat emotionally. On today's episode, we get some insight into the art of writing music for film with my guest, Jacques Brautbar. We usually have our guests perform live in the Joy Sound studio as part of the show, but because it's impractical to fit a 65-piece orchestra into our studio, we decided that we'll play some recordings of Jacques' work instead. On the show, you'll hear the full spectrum of Jacques' work, from melodies that will make you cry to music that is absolutely terrifying. You can hear Jacques' work now in the documentary Kings of Beer, which is available on all digital platforms. Be sure to check that out. So please welcome film composer Jacques Brautbar to Joy Sounds. So nice to have you, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming by the Joy Sounds studio today. I've heard it said that to be a film composer, you've got to be a fan of film. Does that is that you? It is totally me. Really? Uh, one of my first memories is seeing the Millennium Falcon fly out of Moss Eisley on a reel-to-reel at my friend Daniel's birthday party, and it and was it changed you ever since, yeah, right? Yeah. Are you a science fiction um, fan? Is that sort of where you live? All of it. All of it. I like all of it, except for horror movies, which is ironic because I'm scoring a few horror movies and I love to score them. I just hate to be scared all the time. That tension. Yeah, the, the tension is so unnerving. I actually gave myself nightmares Ooh. working on Ooh. that cue. That we're going to hear. That we're going to hear later. Yeah. Well, uh, the, that cue will generate nightmares. And so that's, that's a little preview of what's, a, what's ahead here. And your background, I think, is really interesting because you've been a working musician in a lot of different arenas mm -hmm. in the rock world as a performer, as a songwriter, as a published songwriter, and now into film composition. How does that sort of all bundle itself together into your artistic expression? I'd say it's like having you know tools and colors to draw from. And sometimes to tell a narrative, you don't only want one palette. Right. You know, sometimes I like to use a Mellotron and an upright bass and a kit, or sometimes I like to use an orchestra or I like to use a combination. And I think my experience as a performer and a collaborator in mm -hmm. the band right. uh, helps because film music is a collaboration, whether it's me and my team, like my orchestrator, music editor, or me and the director. It's definitely not. Uh, you know, the Jacques Braupar project. It's right, right. It's a, a greater whole. And I think that being in a band really helped me understand that. Right. Um, but the director is the head of this team, right? And so you, you have to um, be able to interpret what those needs are from the director, right? That's, that's an important skill set that you've got. Oh, yeah. Um, needing to interpret, because not all directors know how to talk music. In fact, that's probably the one arena of film that they are the least experienced with. Right. Because a director could probably work a camera, could, you know, edit, um, can direct, obviously, and produce, but they probably can't write 
the music. Right, right. And, you know, it's kind of strange that music is always last. Right. And so everyone's freaking out. The director's freaking out. So part of the job is to instill confidence in the director that I'm here for their vision and that's it. Right. It sounds like in your, in your style or in some of the tracks that we're going to listen to, you've been able to bring together these various backgrounds. I'm, I'm hearing sort of the rock and the orchestral uh, into this awesome mashup, you know? Um, so talk a little bit about how you go about that and, and uh, uh, what's, the, what's the outcome? It really depends. I've been fortunate to work on projects where, you know, in talking with the director, the director wants a bit of an edginess to it. And, you know, when I think edgy, I think distorted guitar, I think distorted drums, you know, I think maybe punk music or something like that. But to keep it away from just being like, licensing a rock song right to kind of keep it out of that world i like to add you know uh other instruments from the orchestra i like to add like melodic moments i like to add you know because if you're looking at picture things are going to be odd times things aren't just going to be like one kind of track there needs to be dips there needs to be the story in there so i like to just fuse classical music and rock because that's just what i that's what i love right that's who you are as an artist. That's yeah. who I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's take a listen to a track uh, of yours that I think really um, exemplifies this idea of your, your rock sound, but also how it has a story arc in and of itself. And so you're going to hear these changes and shifts that obviously are going to correspond to some, uh, some visual. And we'll hear a little bit more after we take a listen to this. So.
That was awesome. Thank you. Man, so definitely hearing the rock stuff going on or your rock background. But there's a storyline, without question. There's an arc going on, and I don't even have to see the visual to understand that things are changing and shifting uh, through all of this. Do you, do you also have to time this with some hits and everything that's sort of to complement the film? Oh, yeah. So that first bit sounds like it could just be off a record, but actually, you know, it's the tempo is based to the cutting of the scene. Those guitar stabs are all um, hitting certain things that the director wanted to be hit. So the challenge is... How do I make that sound effortless and like it's just a rock song that people are listening yeah. to at a party? Yeah, yeah. So that was really fun. And then it fades out. And the director and I didn't want it to just be some sort of fade out that, you know, they're going to do on the mixing right. stage. We wanted to have control over it. So I did it in the queue, faded that down, reverbed it out, and then put a reverb piano in the same key, but which is a theme from earlier on top of it. Okay. And it just worked out brilliantly. We were both talking like, well, it might work. Right. And uh, we were both really excited with the way it, it turned out. And then, you know, it goes into this like dreamscape for the, for the uh, main character. And then he's kind of like teleported back into reality at the end where ah. you hear the drums come back. And That's the, the arc you can hear. Yeah. 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 Very, very cool. Um, you also, uh, are strongly influenced um, by classical composers. Yes. Um, I am a huge fan of classical music. I have been since I was a teen. Um, and probably my favorite composer would be uh, the very controversial Richard Wagner. Yeah. Um, I mean, the music is just so out of control and amazing. Talk and about so, drama, man. Talk about drama. The, you know, the reason, I think, the reason why film music is the way it is for the most part is because of a lot of his um, contribution to music, philosophically, harmonically, dramatically. Right. So um, I actually have a piece, which I think we're going to listen to at some point, mm -hmm. where I basically, I take Wagner and like rock and roll Led Zeppelin and just mash them together into my ultimate kind of fantasy right cacophony of yeah. dramatic explosions could you imagine what wagner would do if he had electric guitars oh my god <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's the this next piece it's like what would wagner do if he had a marshall stack and a les paul right right exactly that, that i'm gonna rename the piece that actually okay well let's listen to this wagner with marshall stacks and electric guitars um track awaken the dragon yeah um and then we'll talk about it afterwards okay
that so totally rocked. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was very, very cool, man. So that that was set to um what was it an animated dragon real dragon what's the what's the st- what's the story that we should have been following there That was set to basically um a sequence from a video game and, Oh and, okay and in the sequence this knight figure you know uh shoves his sword into this ice glacier well I guess a glacier um and this dragon just comes out of the ground bursting through this glacier and then kind of flies through and decimates all in his path. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So it's gotta be huge. I yeah. Mean, that, that's, uh, that uh, goes without saying. And to have be on the podium with that many musicians, well, was this a session with about 65 musicians or 65 so? musicians at uh, Warner brothers. Oh, that's crazy. It was a dream come true. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's something you don't get to do often enough, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> so very special moment. Very, very cool. Um, so this sort of edge and this this sort of um, rock sound that I think you can come up with also really plays into coming up with intense sounds, mm-hmm. which serve your favorite genre, the horror genre, so well, right? Because you you can you can uh, kind of get that grind and almost uh, you know um, that it's less music and it's almost more sound design that evokes that emotion. Is that right? That's totally right. And what's great about the horror genre is so much of the music needs to be extremely visceral and needs to scare you very quickly. Right. So there's no time for real melodic development. You know, we're not, there's no melody really. It's all about these sounds that are unnatural to us that scare the living crap out of us. Right, 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 right. And it's like a playground. We can kind of find new ways to make sounds that make people uncomfortable. Yeah. So how'd you go about making the sounds in the, in the clip we're about to hear? Um, I am a huge fan of pedal boards. Yeah. I had like this giant pedal back in the day when I was touring. So I always think about not only, you know, guitars don't only have to go through that. You can right. put any sort of instrument through that. So for this main situation, I put a detuned stand-up bass through my pedal board. And that included distortion. It included echo and it included a um, whammy pedal. Because I, I found that trying to get like a slide, like a wasn't as effective as it was if I used the setting on the whammy pedal to do it. Get real even kind of slide. Yeah. Which you'll hear in, in this piece. But this required a bit of experimentation on your part. You had to probably search for this sound for a while, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't just walk into the studio and be like, cool. That's what I'm going to do. It was really just playing with different things, right. trying to figure out what I thought was scary, what I thought worked well with the scene. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and this is the cue that gave you nightmares, huh? This, when I finished this, I had nightmares. Okay. <laughs> so let's, let's, let, we'll put a precaution for the Joy Sounds listeners that, all right, this might cause nightmares, but we'll, we'll check this out. Okay.
Oh, man. So I mean this in the most complimentary way, but that was difficult to listen to. <laughs> Thank you. Man, that, that's intense. And I'm just imagining you having to work on this, seeing this scene, whatever it might be, over and over again. I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, you need some therapy afterwards? I mean, do, do I you need I like might. a big hug or something? <laughs> it's burned into my brain. Oh. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, no wonder. I mean, nightmares is probably the least of your worries that comes out of something like that. I heard from the director and they had a test screening recently. And he said that everyone said the music scared the living blank out of them. And we were both so happy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Mission accomplished. What's cool about this, I think, is that it's the culmination of everything we've heard in the film, like the different kind of uh, sonic identifiers. They're not quite themes. Right, right. Mm -hmm. You know, you have that low growl, you hear the, uh, the echo reverb horn, you hear the super high soft strings. It's like everything that has been building up to this one insane moment and it's all just piled onto each other it's pretty fun fantastic on to a completely different topic let's talk about documentaries <laughs> that's that's obviously that's another um arena where you've had a chance to get some work with it that i you know i think it suffices to say requires just a bit of a different approach huh yeah a little more of a a, a lighter touch right <laughs> <laughs> but but it's still it's it's its own genre in and of itself, right? Uh, a documentary ha has to have a different approach um, because it's it's already got um, so much going on, right? Yeah, there's so much information happening in a documentary, especially if there are a lot of interviews, that um, you, the music shouldn't be stepping on that in any way. But also, sometimes a lot of interviewing can be a little boring. Right. So the music should help propel keep interest, but without causing too much attention to itself. Mm. And I find that to be very challenging. It's more challenging, I think, than writing music for a horror film. That, right? mm. that balance between staying out of the dialogue but kind of creating motion is, is uh, also that sort of delicate balance that you need to achieve, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. You, you can't say too much, but you have to say it for a long time without getting boring. Right, right. I think this next track demonstrates that beautifully. Let's take a listen to it and then you can talk it down for mm -hmm. us. very minimalist thank you it, it seems like that's that's a bit of the source of the inspiration is kind of that that minimalism oh for sure yeah yeah uh, very few instruments not too much happening uh harmonically that's just out of this world or right. distracting right 
but it's all about motion. Even if we're hanging out on one note, you know, there's the bop, 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 So that's happening. It's not too intrusive. With a little bit of a melody on top, you know, um, to stay out of the frequency range of dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that I've noticed about film composers is you have to stretch to come up with the unique sound that, you know, just kind of reaching for that preset isn't going to get the job done or it's not going to help you distinguish yourself from other film composers. Um, so that's got to be an amazing um, part of your creative process is to come up and stretch for those unusual sounds. It, it really is. But what's, what's really funny, I'm just thinking about not, you know, using the same presets, but back in the day, you know, a flute is a flute. It's its own preset. There you, know, you go. Yeah. The instrument itself is a preset and people were using the same presets from, good point. Very you know good what point. I mean, Monteverdi yep. to, you know, Berg or whatever. Right. So that's kind of cool to think about how you can still use instruments in a different way. Like there's still ways to think about it, but now like in that piece, there's a bit of a phaser that's kind of doing a 360 pan, just very, you know, subtly in the background on the oh, winds. Oh, cool. Very cool. So it doesn't always have to be, I'm going to take the flute and put it through a whammy pedal. It could just be something super simple. Great. Uh, so I encourage our Joy Sounds listeners maybe to back that up and listen to that flute a little bit and see if you can pick up on that phaser. And this next cue that I'm going to play um, is a different approach to your guitar playing. So maybe give us some insights into this, uh, you know, this layering effect that you have with your guitars. Oh, yeah. Um, I was struggling to find a way to make this section of uh, this documentary interesting because there's just a lot going on. There was not a lot of room for music, but I had an ensemble at my disposal mm -hmm. and I was messing around and I came upon, I was, I had a, a, a violin player next door to me and she was on break and I asked her if I could use her bow and I was like oh let's see what happens if I play my guitar with distortion detuned with a bow hmm. and it sounded super cool and I decided to make this piece all about one note but have like seven or eight guitar player uh, guitar players guitar layers droning the same note with different bowing positions different uh, bowing lengths and slightly bending the note. So you get little like micro tones yeah, kind of cool. going in and out. Yeah. And then having an ensemble of winds and strings also playing just the single note, but going back and forth with each other. Cool. So Very it's cool. just like a swimming pool of, of sonic water. Awesome. All right, let's check out what a bowed guitar or bowed guitars sounds like.
what a great sound. And once again, I can, you know, the minimalism is coming out, um, but also your knack for creating tension. So uh, once again, without seeing the visual, I'm, I'm going to be on the edge of my seat to sort of know what's going on just through that tension that you created through those sounds. It's very cool. Thank you. A lot of what I've had to do so far in my career is build tension for a long period of time. Well, that's drama. Exactly. Right? You know, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's some cues where, you know, it's not about tension, like in, there's one cue that we might do where it's just this beautiful kind of story and, you know, it's almost like a Italian countryside or something. So there are some movies where the whole thing is like that. You get to write all these beautiful melodic moments. And then there's some projects where it's just all tension. Right. Right. It's like, how do I write tension for 65 minutes? The cue that I think is fascinating is when you got the assignment to sort of um, come up with the sounds of a mad genius. Uh, you know, uh, what, what would a mad genius sound like and, and all this? So talk a little bit about how you approach that particular um, assignment. So I'm working on a documentary about Del Close, and he's very much an influential figure. He's kind of, a dis he had a rise and then like a descent into madness. And I was talking with a director, and the idea was he always had a story. He even like worked in a carnival. He, um, Oh, so that's part of the backstory as well. Yeah, that oh, he, okay. he used to be uh, the human torch. Of course, right? <laughs> yeah. And he was doing all these things. And then he, you know, kind of started to solidify improv at Second City in Chicago. And he would teach these classes and he just descended into drug addiction mm. and craziness. But he was so smart. So I was trying to think about like, what would it be like in this guy's head just walking around? And it kind of sounds like a bit of a demented circus with you know, plucked piano, and then I imagine he had voices in his head. Right, yeah. So I sang on it, I sing on it, and it's not quite happy because harmonically there's some like notes that just don't belong where you don't expect them, but it still sounds happy, so it's kind of unsettling, but in a smiling way. Right, right. <laughs> unsettling in a happy way. Okay, <laughs> yeah. let's see if he captured that. Here's this next cue. Bye. 
without question captured a madman who had a circus background. But I'm I'm wondering, is this is this kind of new for you to analyze your work afterwards? Because I know that for a lot of film composers, you're just in the thick of it. You know, it's very deadline heavy, and uh, you need to get the job done. Is this different? Kind of looking back and thinking about this process is that is this new? This is very new for me. Good. I don't ever kind of sit back and listen to cues and really think about why or what or how. There's not enough time. So in writing this, I mean, clearly there was a sense of, okay, you know, off kilter voices kind of add to the sound. You know what I mean? Obviously I knew why I was doing it, but I didn't really think about it in a way that made me realize it so um starkly yeah right so during the process there is an organic level of just working that kind of comes with it and then maybe it's in hindsight you go oh yeah that's that's what worked kind of worked its way into that particular piece of music yeah exactly that's cool yeah yeah very very interesting i always i always love to pull that out because it's great to honor that instinct honor the organic parts of thing and and uh, rather than to sort of overthink it to death, you know. So I think that's fantastic. Overthinking it to death is a trap for sure. Knowing when to stop and when something's okay and when something is done, very important. Yeah, yeah. Um, and thankfully, for the most part, deadlines are so fast, you don't really have to worry about it. It, it, it would be a luxury if you overthought it, right? Because it right. just has to happen, so... Um, you also have to get really creative with how you go about doing sessions. Um, budgets drive locations, technology drives locations, all of those types of things. Talk to us a little bit about some of the workarounds that you've had to do just to get a session done. Well, that's an uh, interesting topic because I never even thought about it. Um, so depending on, it's all budget. Right. All based on budget. So for a certain amount, of a budget, you know, I will tell a director or producer, cool, I'm going to do everything in the box. I'm going to use my samples. It's going to sound good. Don't worry about it. Right. But we can't use anybody real. Um, budget won't allow. Budget will not allow. Right. But there are ways to get live musicians, you know, orchestras, um, by using via satellite. And there are two pieces uh, on this podcast that you're listening to that one of them was a session with an orchestra in Budapest and one of them was a session with an orchestra in Moscow and they're very affordable and they're very good at what they do unfortunately for whatever reason things are very expensive in LA right, right. and as much as I would love to have all my sessions here budgets don't really exist right unless you're giacchino or something like that right right but it can't stop you from getting the job done right exactly so how do you actually communicate and participate in this session if it's overseas um let's see the budapest one i think worked out that my session was at 7 a.m so um set up a webcam they have a webcam on the orchestra and on the conductor fax them all the music we kind of get everything done you have 30 minutes, an hour, hour and a half, however much money you've got. And they'll do a cue a couple of times. You give them notes. 
it's pretty, it's, it's like FaceTiming, you know, your grandma from New York. <laughs> Except. Except it's an orchestra. Budapest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and you can give feedback and direction and all of that. Yeah. In, in real time, get the session done. Real time feedback. And it all, it sounds great. Sounds really good. Great. So where, where there's a will, there's a way if there's not a budget, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's listen to a couple that were um, recorded in this remote way. And the other thing that's interesting about this first one that I'm going to play is as opposed to sort of the sound design, wall of sound um, emotion, this one starts to have some very distinct themes that comes up. So writing for themes is still alive and well in, in film composition. Yes. And that is very exciting. Yeah. Because I love sound design. I love making music that pulses, but I just love writing melodies. Yeah. You get that right, right combination of melody and harmony and picture, and all of a sudden it becomes something new. Yeah. And what was amazing was when the director heard this piece, I think it's the one I'm thinking of, he told me it made him cry. Beautiful. And that was incredible. Beautiful. Thank you. I can see why the director had that response to this. So, and and again, there's a storyline. There's a narrative that kind of runs through this, just in and of itself, just the music alone. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Basically, it's this uh, Italian grandfather who's introducing his American Italian um, grandson to his kind of world, his like secret world, you know, on his Vespa. And when you hear that big flourish, yeah. They're, you know, riding uh, in, in a park over a bridge. And all of a sudden, this, this boy, you know, he's outdoors. He's seeing this green. He's, a, he's like an indoor kid. Yeah. And so it's just like this magical moment for him. So I tried to 
really make that like a colorful situation. Jacques Bratbar, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you. Really appreciate you sharing your music, your artistry, all these insights. I know that our listeners are never going to listen to or watch a film again in the same way, you know, hearing all these insights. Thanks, Jacques, and uh, we'll look forward to having you back soon. Thank you very much. Be sure to subscribe and follow Joy Sounds wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow us on all social media platforms using the handle at Joy Sounds Music. Are you an artist who would like to be on the show? Visit the contact page of our website at joysoundsmusic.com for more information. Until next time, this is Joy Sounds, music you need to know. 